Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 85th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast. My name is Al Manorino. I'm the managing editor of thepopbreak.com. With me, as always, celebrating a birthday is Mr. Bill Bodkin, the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. Bill, what's going on? Hey, uh, today uh, I celebrate the big 4-0. This is my third, uh, I guess, age decade. I've been uh, running thepopbreak.com, started in my late 20s, now 40. Um, Already had my requisite uh, panic attack uh, this morning at midnight, so I'm good. Got a whiskey, I got a bottle with me, so this is going to be a, a hell of a time. But Al, we're, we're doing what we do best, man. We're talking, talking about, about Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Disney Plus! <laughs> <laughs> That's all we do. That's all we do. We do much Listen, this year, you know, I know Bob Iger's gone. We should just DM him on Twitter and be like, listen. Get Disney Plus just to acknowledge us. Yeah, he's, like not, he's not gone yet. He's he's gone at uh, the end of the, the month. Listen, we uh, uh, listen. I want to be like Roman Reigns. I want Disney Plus to acknowledge me. That's what I want for my birthday this year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are starting our Hawkeye review series. It's going to be our final uh, run for our second season. We'll be starting season three with Book of Boba Fett. Yep. Which is just ridiculous that we're starting its third season. <laughs> but by Al, we got I think it's ridiculous like, that we got a book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, that too. <laughs> that too. So we're speaking of Star Wars, uh, our first guest we're going to introduce is the Chewbacca of the Socially Distanced Podcast. Uh, our producer and engineer, Lucas P. Jones, the king of junior hockey. Sir, how are you? <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a little weak on this one. You know what the problem is? Is is I've been I've been working too much on my voice to try to stay alive in the junior hockey world, and um, I've lost that graveliness, that uh, that real old school broadcaster. I've I've lost that little bit here. But ultimately, I don't lose my voice anymore, which is a positive. I mean, just drink a lot of whiskey; it helps. Trust yeah, me. I'm I'm working on that now. Um, uh, my voice has dropped at least an octave in the last five years. <laughs> And rejoining us uh, after his uh, most excellent debut on the Dune cast a few weeks ago with Alicia Weinberger, he is the man. He is a long-running editor, writer, and photographer on thepopbreak.com. Also, the TV and film writer for Substream Magazine and a plethora of publications throughout the World Wide Web. Merjani Rawls, welcome back. Glad to be back, fellas. Glad to be uh, celebrating the uh, day of your birth, Bill. Me, talking about some Hawkeye. Me, Britney Spears. Same day, oh, same oh, year. Oh, oh yeah, happy happy birthday, Brit. Free, her first her first free birthday too. First free birthday. A A Ron Aaron Rodgers. He can kiss my ass. Uh, and I guess <laughs> Kaylee and Kaylee Cuoco. I mm. apparently is a December second as That's well. So hey, that, that'd be oh, a, that'd be a, a weird a weird group at a bar. Yeah, I would be uh, very. Very you know weird what? Not by that. You know what? Not by me, because I'd make it work. I'd make it work. <laughs> I'd say you're uh, the glue that holds that group together. I am. I am. Just call me Elmer's because I keep it stuck together. Oh, God. It's so much <laughs> in me already. Let's Jesus do this, Christ. Al. Thank God you're hosting. Uh, am I? Uh, fun, fact, <laughs> fun fact. I think this is the first time that MJ and I have seen each other, not with surrounded by a million people and yeah. live music. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been, been a, it's been a while, man. It's, uh, it's been, been a minute. It's good to see you. Uh, 
I know music hasn't been, it, it just came back not too long ago, but like, you look good, man. Thanks, got, the, got the beard and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I didn't have the beard when I saw you left. Uh, but yeah, his wife, his wife has made him keep it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> his wife. That, that tends to happen. Yeah. Um, uh, funny but, story. When, right before my wedding, my dad said, to, my late dad said to me, he's like, you're going to shave your beard right. From the other room, my wife yells, oh, no, he's not. I'm already <laughs> older than him. I don't need him to look like a 10 year old when we get married. Very true. Oh, man. And Al does look 10 without a beard either. I very much do. But I just want to say, MJ, congrats on all the success and uh, glad glad to have you on the podcast because I wasn't on the Doomcast. I didn't get to talk to you then, but I'm glad oh, you're here way, for a Marvel he, show. He hey, might man. be. He's going to be our resident guest for this whole series. So. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, hey, hey, man. Uh, right back at you with all the great things that you do. It's good to be on here. Good to be on your growth and um, ready to talk about some Disney Plus, some Hawkeyes, because this is the last one for this year, the last Marvel series for this year. Absolutely. Great segue, too, because Bill was going to take it into another direction with beers I, and stuff. So I'm I, going right into Hawkeye. I might cry. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? It's no, still it's still early. Um, but yeah, no, uh, we have our our latest Disney Plus Marvel series, which I believe now is the fifth. It's number five. Yeah. So we have, uh, you know, we've we've seen Falcon and Winter Soldier. We've seen WandaVision, What If, and Loki. Not in that order. Uh, you know, at, at the consensus is just pretty solid track record right now in terms of uh, quality content. Um, you could say some, some episodes mixed, but overall pretty, pretty positive. Uh, now we're going into Hawkeye. We're going into a show starring Jeremy Renner, not one of the most liked actors in the world, not one of the most liked singers in the world, and definitely one of the least liked Avengers. I got to I gotta check out his music. Someone posted. <laughs> oh, I didn't even no, know he had a no, no, no. He's got okay, music. Okay, listen, guys. Guys, yeah. I, I listened to and bought for a review in college the Russell Crowe CD. If I can get through that, and the Bacho Man Randy Savage CD, if I can get through those two, I can get through. If you get if you if you can get through Vin Diesel singing, you can probably get. Is through he Jeff like a wannabe singing. crooner? He strikes me no, as a crooner. No, it would. It would I feel be, like he wants to be Mike he, Ness from Social. No, Media. he wants to be like Imagine Dragons. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, that's a great. Which is a joke in the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that joke's even yeah. better now. By the way. So. Basically, first first question with all of that preamble is, you know, how how interested were you guys in, in a Hawkeye series with with all the characters that we've met or have been introduced to in some other, you know, kind of way, either through comics or through Easter eggs and stuff? How interested were you in a Hawkeye series just in general going into, uh, you know, the Disney Plus shows? I will start with Lucas. Um, I wasn't super excited. Um, I just think that it's too late at this point for Hawkeye, the same way I thought it was a little too late for the Black Widow movie that should have been five years ago. Um, but I will say that I'm excited that it's in television formats. I think the character really is supported by the TV format. Um, I wasn't not excited, if that makes any sense. I was kind of ambivalent towards the whole thing. Um, yeah. I guess I was more interested in its potential to restart um, and refocus on some of the Marvel characters I like, which are like the street level heroes. Mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't 
No, it's just kind of meh. Gotcha. MJ. I think I'm with Lucas that like I wasn't like I wasn't against the Hawkeye series, but we were on such a high starting off in the year with WandaVision mm-hmm. at that peaked, and then Loki was good. And then what if was kind of crazy with multiverses, as we'll get into that, you know, with Spider-Man, whatnot, that I don't know, like like you said, like you said in the segue, Hawkeye is like the most, he's just kind of an everyman. You know, you got Captain America, you got Iron Man, and then you got Clint Barton, who has a family and he shoots arrows. And, you know, like other than seeing him as Ronan in Endgame, there wasn't really anything to him. So, I mean, Falcon and Winter Soldier added that little element of being on like what happened on earth during the snap and or the the blip as they call it and for that reason and to see how they were gonna introduce kate bishop i was i was uh interested yeah we'll get into kate next that's definitely my next question uh bill real quick what what did you like going in your anticipation level for all of this you know just knowing that we were going to get Haley seinfeld in the mcu i was like okay I'm, I'm interested. Uh, on paper, Hawkeye was the least interesting because even with Wanda and Vision in the show, WandaVision, obviously, these are two characters that can get into high fantasy and high, like, so get into some sci-fi elements. You could do some things with here, with them. Hawkeye shoots arrows, and his name is Clint Barton, which is about as generic as you can get. So it's like, what are we going to do with this guy? And uh, But Given as the Marvel series rolled on in the MCU, I'm like, they've got something here. They they have a plan. And what they've done well is using genre to tell us stories and everyone is a different genre. So I'm like, I am interested. And then you see the trailer and I'm like, it's set during Christmas. So I'm like, well, hello there. You've now hit my sweet spot. Um, so I was like, Okay, I'm. I'm inter- I, as as time rolled on, I became more interested from when it was first announced, because I think Marvel did a good job proving, yes, we can do all these things with TV. So come along with the ride. We're going to pay it off in Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. I, I I've already talked about it numerous times on this podcast why I'm so excited about the show. Mostly it's because of Pizza Dog. Pizza Dog top, and that's another question we're going to get later. Love Pizza Dog. The 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 run does Matt Fraction, David Aha or Aja or A, it's AJA. I do not know how to say his last name, but his that that run that they did um, back in the early two thousands is the quintessential like Hawkeye story and the Kate, quintessential Kate Bishop story too, who is a young Avenger and who you know we've kind of been seeing that Marvel's trying to you know push towards the young Avenger. Um, you know, agenda, if you will, because they don't want to keep giving large sums of money to Chris Evans and uh, and Hemsworth and all the other Chris's. So my anticipation level is really high, seeing that they were going to obviously take stuff from that. But then, like as Bill said, you add in Christmas, I'm a sucker for Christmas. Uh, Lucas and uh, Ryan call me Captain Christmas. So uh, yeah, very, very excited about that. But as MJ mentioned, as I already said too, keep Bishop. So again, you know, I don't have to ask some of you being non-comic people, like, 
have you ever heard of Kate Bishop? What was your, you know, it's more about now like seeing her in action, these first three episodes, um, obviously going to potentially take over the mantle as Hawkeye. What did you guys think of the performance from Haley Seinfeld and just the character overall, this, this new uh, potential huge character in the MCU? Um, Bilsif. Yeah. Uh, Cause I also have to go to the bathroom. Uh, my thing with this is like, I said in my, I reviewed the first two episodes of Hawkeye on the popbreak.com. The main thing here is this is a literal and figurative passing of the torch show. So we're seeing, we're going to see the torch passed to Kate Bishop. And it's also like, like, you know, we know she's going to be the new Hawkeye there. What is great about Haley Steinfeld is we saw her like the first time we ever saw her was true grit where she was nominated for an Oscar in a Coen Brothers movie where she kind of, she outshined Matt Damon and Jeff Bridges. So yeah, she's pretty damn good when it comes to the serious stuff. And of course you then have pitch perfect where she took more of a comedic role and held her own against a lot of really great comedic actors and actresses, all of whose names completely escaped my mind. Um, So she did great with the outside of Anna Kendrick. Um, so she did great there. So it's like, this is the perfect person to take over, to, to move your franchise with, if you're, with your Marvel, if you're Marvel, it's like, this is a person who knows how to be, a, who is a very good dramatic actor, has the credentials, can carry all those heavy scenes going forward in the next phase or phases of the MCU. And also can knows the humor, knows how to be funny effortlessly. And she showed it here. She had wonderful dramatic monologues, especially in episode three, when she's in the diner with Clint talking about how he's a role model, but also like had the practical like gags of just like, I don't know who Kate Bishop is, fall through the glass, you know, throw through the ceiling or, hey, I shot an arrow. I just knocked out a whole, uh, you know, a clock tower. And so she she knows how to do both. And it's just like an amazing piece of casting and someone who you're going to anchor the future of the MCU with its perfect role. She did great. And it's so exciting to know that she's going to be a part of the future of Marvel. Yeah. Uh, Luke kind of going off what Bill said, you know, you're a fan of the, the, the street level hero, you know, we've seen so much fantastical stuff in Marvel, especially over the years with, you know, Infinity War and Endgame and Guardians. And now with Loki, we're, you know, we're getting really crazy with, you know, magic and multi-dimensions, things like that. Seeing Kate, you know, potentially being the new Hawkeye, you know, you know, leader of either the Young Avengers or the Avengers, we're getting not only a street level hero, but someone who's like kind of relatable, right? Just how do you feel, I guess, do you agree? And, you know, what did you think of her performance as kind of what Bill went off? Well, I think, I think the performance was fantastic. I, I think it is fantastic. I think she's, she's really good. Right. And I don't think that was a doubt coming into this for sure, considering some of her past work. <clears throat> um, I think she's definitely one of the strongest on the show. And I, I think it's, it's funny. Cause when you look at, I know we all agree that Renner is not, you know, the greatest actor, but it really unfortunately shows where he's lacking when, when he's in the scene with her. Um, but I think that's a good thing. I think you need, you need some really good actors to carry this forward. If you're going to focus on 
and and this is from my perspective, you're going to focus on some of the lesser knowns, right? I'm not a comic book guy. I'm not not a huge comic book guy. I know some of the main storylines. I kind of fly in and out. Um, so I think you just you need a, a really good actor to be able to carry that forward. I like her performances, like I said. Um, I just think it's been nice to focus on to to focus on someone that's not fantastic. We're getting really deep into some stuff now. Uh, you know, we're getting real deep into the multiverse and and some higher level shit. And you just had uh, you're dealing with you know, Watchers and Guardians and Celestials and all that nonsense. So it's nice to just get a guy who shoots a bow and arrow that sometimes changes size and sometimes doesn't. You know, there's uh, uh, I I guess I get a huge kick out of the plunger arrow. Uh, like that kind of stuff is great. So um, I also like that this potentially, the more I thought about this, and I'm sure we'll get into it later, the more that I think that this is going to fit into some really cool stuff that I'm looking forward to out of Marvel, um, revolving around like vampires and Blade and <clears throat> all that stuff. So I'm, the more I thought about it, getting ready for this podcast, the more excited I got and the more excited I am about her future place in the MCU. MJ, kind of kind of same question, your thoughts on Haley Steinfeld's performance, but like, do you think Kate Bishop as a character can stand up to, you know, these Marvel characters of, of old, um, you know, the, this, the MCU, the last decade that we've been used to, and, you know, another generation of kids that are looking up to these uh, uh, actors and characters as well. Well, I had read somewhere that Kevin Feige said that Haley Steinfeld didn't even have to audition for the role. She just got it. Like yeah, she's, I, can, yeah. I can see that. I can see and that. I was like, yes, perfect. And I think from the first episode, never meet your heroes, they set her up as like this person that is inspired um, even through amidst the chaos that would happen in New York. Like we've seen in the MCU what the residual damage that the Avengers cause, even though they don't mean it, like with uh, Age of Ultron, what happened there and the calamities that happened that leads into Civil War and the, the Sokovia Accords. And then also you know, things that happened in Falcon and Winter Soldier with, you know, the Flag Smashers and everything that happened with the blip where they said that everything was perfect because there was no borders and now there are borders. So, you know what I mean? It makes like these anti-heroes and whatnot. Kate Bishop is, when you see Kate Bishop next to Clint Barton, Clint Barton is clearly worn, torn. He's tired. He's just like, I just want to go home, you know, like you don't want this life. And Kate Bishop is just such a beam of light, just even, you know, from the first episode that she loses her dad. She's like, I have to protect my mom. I, you know, I look up to Hawkeye so much that like she has what you have in that quintessential hero when they start in the journey um, where She's like, you know what? We'll do it. We'll do it. Like, you know, I, you know, like she'll talk to him. She's like, I look up to you because you stand for something. And it's so good, you know, seeing a new hero with that type of light and that type of like lightheartedness where, where she kind of jokes with him. She's like, you know, it's good that, you know, you're hawk eye and not hawk ear. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 a breath of fresh air because like we're going. Uh, you know, like Lucas said, like we 
we're going through some stuff now. And now yeah. we're seeing the residual effects on how it's how the old heroes have lost people. And now these new characters are like, okay, like we're inspired by you guys. We haven't really been touched with you have yet, but also like we're ready to take the mantle. Yeah. If I can, if I can pivot off that real quick, sure. because it's the first three series have all been about characters old and new dealing with trauma and how it's adversely affected them. Like you said, like she's inspired by Hawkeye. So it's like this positive. Like, yeah. We haven't seen that. It's always like the blip, all these, these bad Sokovia, the wars, like they've all just traumatized people and they've all hurt people. And it's the fallout from that. Whereas Kate is like, well, I want to be a superhero. Like I want to be. And like, that's the cool thing about this. And I think also ties into this Christmas theme too. It's like this joyous time of year, you know, I think like really plays into that. I think that's so cool that we like, we can finally see someone who's so positive mm-hmm. about becoming a hero. Even apparently we're going to, you know, we're going to get Florence Pugh's character in this. And the, she was even someone who was just like negative adversely affected by what's happened within the world of the MCU. So you have someone who is positively affected by it. Like it's going to add a dynamic within what will probably be new Avengers, you know, that we're going to see. And I think that's, that's, that's really cool that we're going to see that. And I don't think anyone's going to be as exuberant as Haley Steinfeld could play that. So genuinely. Yeah. It's very whimsical. Like she has this, personality she could be serious but at the same time it's like i guess the only way i can like compare it is like it's like what if um paul rudd played hawkeye instead of ant-man right like he's just it's just that like positivity is really shining through and i think you need that in you know potentially a leader and you know uh, someone who could have a bigger role in future avengers stuff like i think what what it looks like Feige is doing is he's introducing these characters through the TV shows, but that's not where they're going to just live. Like we're going to see these people pop up in movies too. And, you know, Haley Steinfeld is a star, like a star. Like if you said Bumblebee is a great movie. I think it's a very underrated movie. Yeah. She's yeah. Fantastic in that movie. Really good. And the soundtrack is banging. Great soundtrack too. Um, I mean, Okay. It's really good. Go check. Have you seen it? You know, you know. No. Yeah. Well, then don't shit on it. It's actually really good. It's not directed <laughs> That's by the Michael way you say describe stuff. Sometimes I'm like, it's not I've directed. It's not directed by. Before. It's not directed by Michael Bay. So it's actually pretty good. Uh, I'm gonna uh, second aisle on that. It, it is really good. There you go. See, and it's got John Cena in it, so I gotta give it a shot. Yeah, but, gonna be great. but it's not fun, Cena. It's it's boring oh, military. <laughs> he's super. He's super Cena. Scenes. I know. It's super. Cena. It's, it's I, I know. I know. Boring John Cena. Movie. It's the it's the F9 Cena, yeah. uh, <laughs> which I just picked up on Blu-ray. I'm very excited to watch again. Um, I can't believe you still buy physical media, but okay. It was ten dollars on Black Friday, and I honestly. Have all of them. We're all going to be going back to physical media soon. I'm getting pretty fed up with all this nonsense. You, you hear me, Disney Plus? I'm tired of your shit. Old yeah. man Lucas living in a cabin in the woods. Here Stop we. taking Star Trek off Netflix, Paramount Plus, $6.99 a month. I still have to watch commercials. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Tricks whiskey. <laughs> Yell, yells at you. And another thing. <laughs> um, let's when go I was with- a kid, Hawk, I didn't have any of these gimmicky arrows. 
let's go into the supporting cast. Um, we have a pretty freaking awesome supporting cast. So uh, I think we already mentioned off the top, this is the first three episodes we're talking about uh, of Hawkeye so far. There's only six. So really only give me three more episodes where we're discussing this. Um, in By this the way, I think that that's kind of sucks a little bit because like, I like, I like the world they've built so far. I'm like, yeah. I could go for a while. That's what so I, I get I, with the holidays. You know, I get it. Yeah. And I think maybe they can do an eight episode second season, not set at Christmas, put it during, I don't know, Halloween, do something, make it a holiday show. It'd be great. Um, I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the supporting cast. Um, obviously, you know, we have to talk about the top build star pizza dog. So you guys, you're not aware of Pizza Dog yet. I know you're still kind of getting introduced to Pizza Dog, but is he not the goodest boy? He's the he's the he's one of the best. I I hesitate to ask: Is Pizza Dog like a a a thing in the comics? Is there is it going to be like you've produced this podcast for like two years and you've not heard Al talk about it every Marvel episode? (laughs) Every Marvel episode, Pizza Dog, baby. Uh, No, uh, Pizza Dog's the best. Uh, obviously, his name's Pizza Dog. Uh, no, but let's 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 get real. Pizza Dog, we stand. He's the greatest character. But let's talk about the actual supporting cast. Um, Tony Dalton, who, if you're fans of Better Call Saul, uh, oh, he is incredible. Such an incredible talent. Um, That's I honestly, great, don't, yeah, I don't know what else. I'm, I I, I want to say he's in something else. MJ, I I, I made the like a, I made the mistake of thinking he was in Narcos for something. That's what I thought, but yeah, again, but I think that's just he us, just, us he just being looks terrible. Like Pablo Escobar. Yeah, yeah no. I think he was in a couple episodes of Sense Eight. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's actually um, he's uh, what's it called a. Um, uh, uh, he was. He was in three Mexican. He was a Mexican actor first. He's that's he's done most of his his acting there, and then um, I guess he was also he in Sensei. Colombiana, and but he is phenomenal. Oh, he's so phenomenal cool. in Better Call Saul. Um, um, Tony Dalton um, as I'm trying to get a Krebs character name. Uh, Jack Decane. Um, okay. Jack Kane, and then we of course have um, Vera Firminga as Eleanor Bishop, Kate's mom, and the CEO of Bishop Security. Um, but also, we have just introduced in basically end of episode two, but mostly in three, we get her origin story. Uh, Alaqua Cox as Maya Lopez. I don't know if that's how you pronounce that, um, but yes, um, she is actually a uh, deaf actress. And uh, an amputee as well. And amputee. So, so, when um, that, but, so when you see that metal leg, it is, that's legit. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. I, Wikipedia has told me a lot. Yeah. And uh, so again, she, she is playing Maya Lopez. Uh, she is the commander of the tracksuit mafia. Uh, again, straight from the comics, uh, bro. And yeah. Uh, just want to talk a little bit about the supporting cast. Sorry. It went on a little bit of a riff there, but what how are you guys feeling thus far is the plot intriguing you enough in terms of you know kind of the mystery surrounding jack and eleanor and now we have maya introduced so overall feelings about the supporting cast slash you know what which storyline is interesting you the most outside of like the kind of main one bill 
So uh, Marjani tweeted earlier about a cast member that I'm going to just mention. I'll let him run with it. And that is Zahn McLarnan. Uh, and people will be like, who played El, um, Maya's yes. father. Great performance in this episode, by the way. Who I did not realize was in my favorite episode of all the three seasons of Westworld. Um, he was absolutely amazing. I, I'm not going to steal your thunder, man. So I'll let you talk about him. So no, no, no. You tweeted, I'm not, I'm not going to glom off that, but his performance, he was also in Dr. Sleep, which I have mentioned on this podcast multiple times. If you've not seen that, Mike Flanagan directed it. Great, great film. Uh, for me, uh, this, uh, we're talking about sporting cast. Uh, first off, I have to mention um, uh, Armand Duquesne, who was murdered in episode one, was an Ace Ventura when nature calls. Uh, <laughs> he absolutely was. Uh, young eighth, seventh or eighth grade Bill Bodkin saw that for his birthday many, many years ago, over 20 plus years ago. So happy birthday to past me. Uh, but here's what I'm going to say about this cast. Beer Farmiga is the bad guy. She killed Armand because Beer Farmiga is not just a, a bystander. My conspiracy theory is Beer Farmiga, you killed Armand because there's something there's there's more than meets the eye. She's a transformer. There's something going on with with Miss Bishop that's happening here, and I am here for it. And I cannot wait for the discovery of that. But Vera Farmiga, it's it, she's awesome. She's great in everything. I love her. She's great in everything she does. Um, of course, Departed, Conjuring, and now this. Come on, she's great. Um, I have never seen Tony Dalton before. I was disappointed. Disappointed. It was not re related to Timothy Dalton, of course, uh, a former James Bond, but most importantly, in Hot Fuzz, one of the greatest films of all time. Uh, I am so intrigued by Tony Dalton's character because, especially the end of episode three, they have made just such a great cast here, and um, I am I loved, absolutely loved. Alaco Cox as Maya Lopez, which we now know is Echo, and she's going to get her own show from the one episode she was featured in. Sign me up. I am there. She's a great character. I, I am so... That is the most intriguing storyline for me. I know we have a murder mystery. I know we have all these Christmas narratives of the father, try, beleaguered father, trying to get back to his kids. Her storyline and where she ends up, especially since she's getting her own series, that to me is the most intriguing storyline. Mm -hmm. uh, Lucas, and just to remind you, we're talking favorite kind of B storyline slash just, you know, any acting performances that you think are stellar thus far with the supporting cast. Well, I, I think this might be the strongest supporting cast that we've seen so far. For sure. Um, in terms of introducing new people, right? Because like WandaVision had a supporting cast, but there's a lot of people we've seen before. Um, so I think in that regard, they did a really good job. I think Alakwa Cox, I mean, just absolutely steals the show. Her, uh, Maya Lopez and the Tracksuit Mafia are my favorite. Um, <laughs> they are just so good. And they're, they're good from a, a comedy perspective, you know, where they can, they can be that comic relief. The, the member of the tracksuit mafia asking for relationship advice 
<laughs> a la <laughs> Imagine Dragons was I, we almost said we almost had to rewind it because I was like, wait, what what are, what are they talking about right now? Uh, I, I have to go get pen and paper. I need to write that down. Yeah. Um, I also love that we have Rajani on the podcast who has shot Imagine Dragons for the site. So I was like, yeah, we did. The I, Imagine I, Dragons I runs deep me. on this podcast. Uh, I've seen them twice. I've never shot them though. Um, uh, I'm, I I don't voluntarily seen them twice. Yeah, I like them. That first album was very good. <sighs> well, very good. That first album. You can you can sit in your own little Zoom corner of of opinion on that one. Um, but. <laughs> I yeah I, I think I think the tracksuit mafia is just is it's if you're going for a show that's lighthearted, if they feel like um they feel like the burglars from Home Alone. That's what that is, right? It's like straight up just uh Marv and I can't remember the other guy's name. Um and Harry it's great. And Marv. Yeah, Harry and Marv, thank you. Um and I think it works really well with what they're doing. I think it's it's really cool they have that. I didn't also didn't know she was getting her own show. That's incredible. Um, but yeah, I, I feel generally, I don't know how you guys feel about this as an overall, I know we're, we're highlighting individual performances, but overall, I certainly feel like this is the strongest supporting cast of characters that have been put together in a show or I think a movie, right? Because I well, think I mean, maybe with the exception of Black Widow, Black Widow's characters that they surrounded her with were all just stellar 11 out of 10, couldn't be better performances. So maybe you, maybe those two got, right now. You got Catherine Hahn in WandaVision. That's hard to beat. Yeah, but what Lucas said is like you're basically being with those shows introduced to a couple new characters, mm-hmm. whereas the or one new main character primarily yeah. you have one main old character and then everyone else is new. Uh, I have to, I think I have to agree with that, right? Because we don't get a ton of new supporting characters around Loki because there's really only like three you care about. Well, um, there's a lot of new sur- characters around Loki. But they're all Loki. That is true. Yeah. There you go. You got you got me there. Um, no, I I I think I I have to agree with you, Luke, about um, about Maya and the Tracksuit Mafia. Um, also straight from the comics, Tracksuit Mafia. I love their company is Trust a Bro. Um, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, and you'll notice that they always say "bro" at the end of every sentence. Yep. That's that's their shtick. Um, yeah. So uh, MJ. Same, same cue. Well, just to kind of briefly touch on Eleanor, I'm intrigued by her because of who she could possibly be mm. from the from the uh, comics. Because can that fill, can you fill uh, us noobs in on uh, who that could be? Because uh... well, I mean, Lucas kind of touched on it earlier, where it could open up a whole bunch of doors into things like vampires and stuff like that, because. The rumor is that she is Madame Mask and that has to do deal with a whole bunch of like, wow, undead things. And I'm not, yeah. So like, wow, I don't, I don't know if that could be a big twist. That could be a big twist. That would be a great segue because Marvel is going to shoot Blade next year and we're going to get Morbius, which I don't know if, Depending on what you saw from the trailer, it's Morbius is in like three different universes. So it may be in the MCU, maybe not. But I don't like, think so. I don't think so either. So <laughs> like, when but, when like, when Marvel doesn't have, I would expect a, from this film, this series would be like, oh hey, vampires and Blade, 
that was not what I, mean. I didn't put that on my bingo card for 2021, but like literally that's 2021 in a nutshell. Wow. Yeah. So she could be have you on the podcast, <laughs> but the one uh, like, just to kind of go off, like the one that intrigues me the most is, is echo uh, in Maya's character. Um, just the fact that you have these two, you have Kate who lost her dad, but was, is kind of like, you know, bright and, you know, happy still. She still misses her dad and she takes up the mantle of like, you know, I have to protect, you know, I have to protect my mom. I'm the protector, things like that. Not Maya. Uh, you know, she obviously, you know, she has like, you have Zan McLaren, who is incredible in the third episode where she's deaf. She has, she's an amputee. Uh, she's bright where she has to kind of learn things from a deaf perspective. And he's like, you have to kind of uh, exist between two worlds, but she loses, you know, she loses her dad to Ronan. Like he comes and kills him. So she's on a quest for vengeance and you kind of level her because it's like, all right, like even though he's in the tracksuit mafia, he, you know, he gets killed by this vigilante. So it's that and the potential of who the hand that like like squeezed her cheeks and who her uncle is. Yeah. It's so funny because we often don't see what you were saying. Like we don't see like when we see our heroes like kill off the bad guys. We don't see the bad guy's family. Well, so, Ronan, Ronan's not like a sympathetic character either, right? Ronan, in some senses, is at at best is um, like lawful neutral, right? At at absolute best, right? And in a lot of ways, he's not a not a superhero. So it, it's it's interesting that we're finally getting into. Like, cause normally, yeah, normally it's like, okay, you're getting that, um, that perspective of like, okay, you're, what happens, what happens to the families of the, the bad people. But in this case, you're getting a character who is not a good character is in some senses a villain killing off a different kind of villain. Um, yeah. so you almost now sympathize with echo the villains villain, <laughs> um, and, you know, you you kind of get it. And I feel like this is one of those, this is the place that Marvel needs to go if they're going to survive, right? If you're going to get through the next decade of Marvel movies, you're going to have to create sympathetic villains or, you know, sympathetic antiheroes or even just villains that aren't, that are better than the heroes, right? You're going to, you're going to have to find a way. It was like, the, it was sort of the failing of Age of Ultron, right? They didn't do a, a fantastic job setting up Ultron. They've learned in some senses from their mistakes, but I feel like they really need to hit that. And if, if they don't hit that, then I think they've missed a huge opportunity. Well, well Zemo, Zemo was kind of like that. Yeah, but they, they kind of copped out a little on Zemo, I think. I think, and for good reason, because that can get real heavy real quick, right? And, and that wasn't the vibe they were going for. I like Zemo. One of the great gifts of all time. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. I, I'm not saying I didn't like it because I did like it. I just think that they had a real opportunity to really make him more complicated and they didn't do it. Yes, it's because he's in the backdrop of something that's already pretty complicated. Uh, geopolitics, after half the population reemerges, gets pretty complicated on its own. Um, 
but yeah, I just, I think they have a really good opportunity here. I think the character's really strong. The actor's really strong. I, I think the, the exploring Hawkeye's weakness without his hearing aid is something that could be hugely important and, and really interesting to, to watch on, on television. (laughs) I I lived that in real life with my dad had hearing aids. Yeah, no, I I think that's, you want to talk about relatable, right? My grandpa had hearing aids and, and he, even with the hearing aids, you still had to really be very clear with, with the way, cause he would read lips. Right. So I think yeah. that's, we, we almost all have someone like that. So I feel like if you don't really get into a, obviously the hero stuff, like I talked about, but I think if you don't really explore like that kind of stuff and make it super relatable, you're missing out on a huge opportunity. Yeah. Yes. Real quick, uh, yeah, real quick to go off his point. The thing the, the problem I have with age of Ultron is because it didn't really explore because Ultron is made out of haste because Tony has these visions of, you know, what happened and he doesn't want to happen again, but he makes this AI that goes totally crazy. But like the AI is always, is also like, you guys are all killers. So like, you guys like go around with autonomy and just do things. And like, that's where the weakness is for me is that they, okay. Like they, <clears throat> you know, they make vision and then they kill Ultron here. It's like, with Echo and who potentially comes is that Ronan is essentially dead, but just the the specter or the suit being around, that essence is still causing problems for Kate and Clint and everybody. So it's like a ghost of Clint who lost it with Endgame losing his family, losing the, through the snap where he goes on this rampage. It's like all, like, you know, like the past doesn't stay dead. And I think mm-hmm. like what Lucas said is that like, if Marvel is going to survive going down the line, they have to go into these stories. Like there has to be skeletons in the closet, kind of mm-hmm. like they did with Tony a little bit, like they did with cap. Um, but like it- things, Yeah. And they did with Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? Like the, you know, there was another Captain America Isaiah. That, I, that we just swept under the rug yeah. um, for multiple reasons. Uh, yeah, I, I I totally agree that, you know, they're doing a really good job at, at setting themselves up for these big ideas and not just overlooking them when they come up or change or whatever later, right? Like, Loki. All right, cool. Yeah, you made him escape in Endgame, um, in a multi, in a different dimension. Now, what do you do? Like, you know, you can't just leave that open ended, right? Yeah, and they Ronan have a lot was, of heavy. They have a lot of heavy lifting with Echo, especially if we're going to give her a series. I mean, she's a very intriguing yeah. character. Mm-hmm. But by the end of this show, you have to justify her having her own show mm-hmm. and having people like her. Yeah. In. So I'm very intrigued by where that's going to go. I also really did like the incorporation of the hearing stuff, not just because of um, Echo, you know, uh, the first deaf superhero and uh, definitely first live action one. But that's actually a very important, small, but really meaningful part in that Avenger, uh, that Hawkeye run, the comics. There's a whole uh, issue. There's like basically the issue before, um, Clint loses his hearing from like an explosion or something. And the whole, ep- uh, whole episode, Jesus, the whole issue is actually an ASL. 
That's awesome. Which That's is cool. cool. You're, you're reading a comic in ASL. It's a very, 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 very incredible issue. Um, this is an Eisner winning run. Like I'm not just saying this. Oh, it's a really good comic. Like this is a like historically very great uh, run of comics. So definitely check it out if you haven't. Definitely look at the source material. Um, let's let's you know we've hit on a lot of stuff so far, and uh, I don't want to go too too long, but um, never do. I will say I, I will ask, but let's do some rapid fire stuff. Um, it's favorite. All- first question rapid fire you know um favorite performance thus far bill Haley seinfeld okay she Lucas. has yep rapid fire okay. <laughs> Lucas. Now, um, you can you can give a little explanation just yeah I, i'm already um blanking on the the name uh but um my lopez is my lopez character yeah that performance just it's it's good. It's deep. It's complex, and she does a great job. Yeah, MJ. Uh, Zach returns. William Lopez, even though we saw a slither of him, fan, fan, like insanely good performance yeah. from him. Um, I will just, I'll just. I hope we get him in the series. By the way, if they were oh, doing the Echo series, that'd be that's going to be really cool if we get him. Just show, keep showing his, flashbacks of him yeah, being like an awesome Especially dad. with his dynamic of being in the tracksuit mafia, like mm-hmm. her like eventually coming into it, maybe having some dramatic tension with that. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. yeah I agree. And then also, uh, I'll watch Doctor Sleep. Just to be a little different, I will say Tony Dalton, because more people need to see Tony Dalton. He's yeah. great. Well, I mean, the end of episode three, I think... Oh, yes. And the character he is playing in the comics is a character... Just throwing yeah. that out there. Uh, you know. <laughs> you know, just throwing that out there. Uh, the character he's playing as a character is something I just said on this podcast. All right, rapid fire. Um, let's see, what else did I have? It. Um, uh, out of the five, where does this rank? Lucas. So, oh, three episodes in. You're three episodes into each of the shows. Where does this rank? Because you can't say that this compares to the, the all of WandaVision, because that's nuts. I'm about halfway up the ladder. Very safe choice. Yeah, well, I've, I've got a very that. specific gripe with the third episode that I didn't have in any of the other shows, but this is rapid fire. So Wait, okay. What's the I gripe? Need, I need to know that. Um, the CGI was horrific. It was, re- <laughs> it was really, really, really bad. It was distractingly bad. I... Across the board, for some reason in episode three, the CGI was just miserable. And this is not like, this is not some two-bit production company throwing something together the last minute. This is the house of mouse. Like they have as much money and as much time as they want. And somehow that CGI made it past a room full of editors and got onto Disney Plus. And they were like, yup, that's fine. It was terrible. It was was the, the arrow. The arrow, well, the, big, you know what, the huge arrow. The huge the arrow. arrow. The, uh, the Christmas I, trees. Oh God, I liked dri- it. I thought it was funny. The, the Christmas trees, the driving sequence. And they, you know what? The only reason I didn't like the driving the sequence CGI is that because they have that really cool rotating single camera shot, which is super cool, which only goes to highlight how bad the rest of the visual effects are because the rest of the visual effects are jumpy it's like, yeah. you remember the one part in when they redid Star Wars A New Hope 
in 1997 and they digitally don't, inserted Jabba the Hutt the slug over Jabba the Hutt the human. My birthday, don't bring this up. <laughs> and they basically made Hans, because long story short, originally Jabba the Hutt was a human. They shot scenes with Harrison Ford, right? But they had to then, for continuity, put the slug in. Slugs have a tail. What do you do with Harrison Ford who's walking on flat ground? But what apparently you do is you just take him and you go, and you take him and you just digitally make him skip over a tail. It feels like that's what they were doing. They were just moving characters around. It was really bad. Go back and watch it again and like focus on just the CGI components of that episode. Oof. Funny because I thought the action sequences were really fun and like especially like the uh, they the were but abandoned it was just toy store KB but toys. That's the thing. I the, love the KB in toys the toy part. store. Was it was KB incredible. Toys? Yeah, yeah it's a KB yeah. toys. That's great. great. I didn't know we that. We all I shopped. Love, we all had our mom's and dad shop there for us. Come okay, on. Toys. But we're in, not all young. Kid toys that young. where you can buy one tech for Johnny and get one for a penny. In in that, I, I think the problem is some parts were so incredible. That fight scene in the KB toys, oh. the use of the ball pit, inventive, oh, yeah. creative, yeah. super good. But Kate's it hi- it's Kate's highlights whirling herself around on that pole. Yeah. And, and it just highlights how bad everything oh. else in the second half of that episode is. It's only the second half of the episode, which makes me think there was either like a rewrite or a reshoot or something got messed up, but it's, it's bad. It's not good. I like how the USB uh, arrow was her threatening weapon. Yep. <laughs> um, MJ. What do you got for me? Ooh. Um, rapid fire. Of course, WandaVision is the top spot for me, obviously. I would rank it also probably in the middle, probably three uh, behind three behind Loki. It would slightly beat Falcon and Winter Soldier with uh, What If on the bottom. Even though I thought there was like some fun stuff with What If, but I didn't really think of it as like a series series until the end when they did yeah, like yeah, some yeah. stuff that connected it but like yeah uh, yeah i'll go with i'll go with three yeah i think that's fair i think i think right in the middle of the pack um lucas's safe answer slash my safe answer i think that's right about it because even the wandavision three episodes in we were just starting to see okay I see what they're doing a little. I think we I, got hit with the Voodoo Child episode where it ended. The slight return? Like, yeah, where she uh, sends, I think she sends like Monica out. She's like, yeah, no, what are you doing here? No, we will. Yeah, wait. episode three. Oh, no, no, no. That was, was that three? No. Wait, so one was the dinner party. Okay. Two. No, I think you might be right. No, no, two. You know, he's right. Because yes. two was the 60s. Mm-hmm. The Brady Bunch. was the 70s. Yeah, because that's yeah. the first time we got out. Ah, yeah. That's the first yep. time we got out and saw. Oh, shit's 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 uh, it's about to go shit's real. going down. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think you guys are on something with the middle of the pack. Let's go. What other rapid question do I have? Oh, I didn't answer, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna go with number three as well because it's really hard to get through those. It's really hard to top those three sitcom homage mm. like episodes of Wanda and. I, I loved Loki so much that I have to say it's number two. So this is number three for me because goddamn, I loved I, I love everything about Hawkeye being during Christmas um, because it's just so many Christmas narratives and it's so lighthearted and fun. Uh, but yet there's just a, when you get echo in it, so there's such a gravity to it. But yeah, this is number three for me. 
Okay. And I guess last rapid We're question. Like, what we... if, what if, nope. It doesn't really no. count. Last rapid question is, what, who do you believe the uncle is? Fuck. Because, guys, we have been burned before. Fisto. <laughs> yeah, you thought Fisto. Fisto was the goddamn delivery guy. And Fisto. I, and I, still think, I still think the dog was the beekeeper. <laughs> makes zero sense. Um, it makes all the fucking sense. Bill, who do you think the uncle is? Kingpin. I think we got to bring it. I think they got to do it because yeah. we keep hearing this rumor for Spider-Man No Way Home that, you know, Dar- Charlie Cox of Boardwalk Empire fame. Uh, I just always love bringing Of Daredevil down. fame. Fuck you. <laughs> you. It's Boardwalk Empire fame before Daredevil. Uh, that He's going to come back in as Daredevil. It's a great way to just introduce Kingpin. He's the most famous gangster in the MCU, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's like... Um, Shit, I'm forgetting his name from Batman. Uh, the gangster Falcone. Falcone. He's the Falcone of Marvel. So it would make yeah. all the sense in the world, especially if it was Liev Schreiber, uh, who was great in the Spider-Verse and would make a perfect villain here to have him show up. It would be great. Or Vincent D'Onofrio. Sorry. Vincent that D'Onofrio. is your kingpin. Vincent your D'Onofrio kingpin. is kingpin. Yeah. No, I, I retract everything I said before. Vincent D'Onofrio is the guy. Lee Schreiber was great, though. If, if, yeah, he, he was. But if that's the guy, if you introduce kingpin there, Jesus, jumping Christ, where, where you have so much you can do with the MCU going forward because now we're incorporating the Netflix shows it also kind of feeds into this theory of going outside of Marvel is that Disney Plus is eventually going to start incorporating R-rated stuff into the platform. What better way to bring in those Netflix shows that they now have the rights to within the next year or so? So, I mean, mm-hmm. that would be kind of great. Uh, of course, if you know anything about me on any podcast I've ever been on, I'm usually wrong. Yeah. So, And you don't know what rapid fire means. Uh, no, I also now the rapid fire. And you have to know better. I, also, the rules don't apply to me. <laughs> you have to know better. The rapid fire. I don't. It's never going to be rapid fire. Oh, I don't know better. There's two people who adhere to the rules, and it's not you and me. Not um, Lucas, who is the uncle? Uh, I think it's Kingpin. Um, it has to be right. There's too much going on. There's too much. To, there's too much that Kingpin could set up that you'd lose if it wasn't him. It's such a perfect way to do it. And since it's only six episodes and it's only serving to pass the torch and, and facilitate something new, you might as well facilitate something that makes a lot of sense. There is a power vacuum in New York. Who better to step into the middle of the vacuum than Kingpin, the man with the broadest shoulders in all of comic book history. <laughs> Um, they should have made the uh, the they should have made the head bigger to match. I don't understand why the, the head is so small. I like I like I like the design aspect. Yeah, I think um, I've been that myself my entire life. So MJ, <laughs> gotta be gotta be Kingpin. Um, the way that Echo, Daredevil, and Kingpin are all intertwined in the story, and 
uh, with the comics, if you're going to do an Echo series, you have to have Kingpin because mm-hmm. they're, they've already introduced the family element, allegedly. And hopefully I don't get burnt on that, but... Well, um, dude, this podcast is about being burdened. And <laughs> so it's all good. Don't worry about it. She needs. She needs in order for her to become Echo. Like they need. They need Kingpin in order to facilitate that. So yeah, it's got to be Kingpin. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't Kingpin in the comics? Here's a question. Mm-hmm. Sure. Does Kingpin buy Stark Tower? Well, that's right. He sold it. Because and, they and sold, the, they mentioned that Stark Tower had been yeah. sold, but they don't know to who. Oh, that would be cool. That's a good. That's a good observation. I so didn't it it, that. it feels like, and you know, Marvel, they don't mention anything or show anything unless it's going to get its own Ooh. spinoff series, right? That's so, right. um, <laughs> it's it, like Pizza Dog coming yeah, out twenty twenty three. Sure, oh. why not? Like, you can get <laughs> well, you can get seven episodes. One time Pizza DC Dog. beats them with their 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 super the League of Super. You you can do Pizza Dog, Frog Thor. And alligator Loki, and just just go for it. First off, all you need is pizza dog and alligator <laughs> Loki in a series. Uh, Dude, we have, wait, we have pizza dog, alligator Loki, uh, goose the cat. Ah, uh, goose. Yeah, you throw Howard the duck in there. Howard, Howard the, the duck. fucking duck. Oh, but God. Howard the duck. Howard the duck isn't a pet though. He'd get very mad. But that well, that's why com- he's the leader. That's the that's the comedy. He's the only one who can talk. Yeah, yeah. He can't be a pet Avenger. Um, but yeah, um, no, I think I think that it. Just, I, I think that was huge. I think that's bigger than it it seems. And as far my limited comic book knowledge would tell me that the only person with the resources to buy that tower, probably Very Kingpin. Carlton Fisk. Or, no, Carlton Fisk was a fucking Car- baseball Carlton player. Carlton Fisk. If, no, <laughs> I, I would, as much Fisk. as I would love Carlton Fisk's introduction into the MCU, uh, we'll go with our resident baseball expert. I don't think that's going to be possible, right? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Now you know. <laughs> Yeah. Now you know who else there. I was thinking about two other possibilities: Reggie Jackson and Aaron Judge to join Carlton Fisk. <laughs> the Owl, Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge. Well, I was and thinking it would be the best thing to happen in the offseason for the Yankees. Come on, Jesus, that's a whole other podcast. Any, yeah. M- MJ, MJ, who who are the other two possibilities for <laughs> these two idiots <laughs> to buy to buy the tower? Okay, one. Yeah. Is is obviously Oscorp. Yeah. Um, oh, even though I don't know, like, with what Sony is doing, and you know, with yeah. you know Amy Pascal saying, "Of course, we're gonna do, you know, a million different movies with Spider Man and stuff," and like Sony's <laughs> sure. like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Like we, we don't know yet. <laughs> Hold on, we 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 were allergic to money. Hold on. And then also, um, I mean, I know we're getting Fantastic Four. Uh, it's 2023 oh. allegedly. The Baxter that building can also be yeah. That can also be the Baxter yeah. The Baxter building. That would be awesome. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, I think I think Fisk is the only one. Carlton Fisk. Uh, Carlton. All right. So there's there's <laughs> two there's two Fisks that could be rich enough at this point in their lives to buy <laughs> Star Tower <laughs> to buy Avengers well, Tower. Carlton. Carlton uh, and, and Wilson. Uh, no, uh, no. Yeah. I, I'm hoping Kingpin. I'm hoping specifically we get uh, Vincent D'Onofrio back because yeah, I mean, it he like to find, it's just like Charlie Cox. It's like not even like fan favorite at that point. It's like they defined the character. He's the different. guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. Right. You wouldn't want another guy. Um, like I want John Bernthal's Punisher. 
Like he's yes. the guy. I want yeah. I want I want Kristen yeah. Ritter's Jessica Jones. <laughs> no one wants the, absolutely no one wants the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Although and Kristen yeah. had just said that she would love to come back and play Jessica yeah. Jones. She loved, she loved it. Was Jessica Jones, I think, was actually one of the what got me into the Marvel TV stuff because I, I yeah. just watched on a on a just on a whim it. and I immediately yeah. was just hooked on it. It's so good. Gave, gave us our one of the best MCU villains ever. Yeah. Purple Man. David oh, Tennant. Of course, David Tennant. Come David on. Tennant. <laughs> uh, You're biased, right, well, Doctor Who nerd. Yes, it's true. All right, so we'll do real quick episode, uh, not even episode review, but let's just do first three episodes thus far. Uh, one out of ten pizzas, one out of ten slices of pizza, uh, the rating scale. We're very serious here. What do you guys think so far? And then we kind of already talked about that. So give us your rating and then um, prediction for the future of the show. Bill. Oof. Okay, I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 pizza slices. I really love this series. I reviewed the first two episodes on thepopbreak.com. I've mentioned that before. Um, I love the fact this series is set during Christmas. And we have these two Christmas archetypes, uh, uh, you know, these tropes or whatever word you want to use, of the beleaguered, overworked dad who's just trying to get back to his family for Christmas. And the the uh, student the like twenty something student coming back home to find her mother is engaged to a, a man that isn't her dad and set in New York City with all the great Christmas songs to it it's just wonderful it's just this fun show that Marvel has put together and it, it, they've used a genre or a subgenre if you want to say. They're using it to their advantage. It's just like Christmas hijinks. It's like, I'm trying to get back to home with my family, but some rich girl is pretending to be me, and there's murder, and there's gang wars. I'm being facetious, but it's what it is, and it's wonderful, and I feel like we're going to have this great ending, and it's setting up so much, and I, I'm just having so much fun with this show. It has a light... I know there's like, especially with the Echo stuff, there's so much like serious stuff here. But there's still this lighthearted Christmas caper vibe to it that I, I'm here for it. And like the, even the subway scene in the season in episode three, no, season three, Jesus Christ, how much alcohol have I drank? Um, is It's like, she's like, he's like, you're a great archer. And she's like, oh my God, you've acknowledged me. And he's like, we really need to walk that dog. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's coming from someone who has lived with someone with hearing aids like this is what happens guys and the diner scene like we had this wonderful balance of like very serious and very silly yeah and that's and that's christmas that's the Chris. that's every good christmas piece including die hard which the mm-hmm. wrote a great piece about on the poprake.com years ago but yeah, I'm gonna give it eight eight pizza slices. We we named Pizza Dog. There's enough cute stuff in it to make it cute, enough serious stuff to make it serious. And I really appreciate that. And I'm looking forward to like I don't need super heavy during Christmas or at this point in my life. So this is gonna really hit that. And I think we're gonna have a lot of fun with this show. So as a show that I went in with like kind of low expectations. It's surpassing that, so definitely eight out of ten. Lucas, 
I'm going to go seven slices out of ten. Um, slightly lower, admittedly, because I'm I'm just still annoyed by the CGI. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, I. I think it's off to a slow start for a six episode series. I can excuse a slow start if we're going to get eight or nine episodes or if we're going to get two seasons. Um, but I just think it, I think it's teetering on the brink. I think if episode four isn't phenomenal, I think you're in trouble as a series overall, but I certainly like what I've seen. I don't want to let episode three color it. I mean, it's been, it's been like every cheesy Hallmark movie wrapped into the Marvel universe. And it's been really fun to play on those themes. It's been a lot of fun with the tracksuit mafia. They've struck a good balance that, that legendary Marvel balance between fun and action and serious notes um they've got great actors good writers i mean it's it's a good show it's a again it's annoying i i think sometimes i fall into the trap of because you expect so much out of it you're super harsh on it um it's a good show i really like it so far last but not least mj what did you uh give us your rating and then you know overall thoughts and or predictions for the future I'll give it an eight out of 10. Um, The first episodes, like I thought were really going to establish Kate. And what I was afraid of was like Clint was going to be kind of the, I mean, the show's named Hawkeye. Right. So, but he was going to be kind of like the, the background character and there wasn't going to be much to him. And although the LARPing scene was funny. Oh my oh, god! I forgot um, that the LARPing. I like I like the, the, oh LARP, the LARPing. Scene. Had, okay, can, raise your hand. Can I, I change my score? <laughs> yeah, can I raise your, how many of us know someone who has LARPed before? Yep, hundred. Yep, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Just cosplay. Yeah. So true to life. Very there was funny. there was something to that scene where like guy was talking to him like, dude, like you're you're a superhero all the time. Like if I beat you, like this means so much to me, like I could be a superhero during the day. And there was something in Clint where he kind of like, all right, he played along, which, Mm -hmm. you know, if you look at Clint, when you're watching the musical, he's having these PTSD flashbacks. Um, (laughs) of We didn't even talk about Rogers, the musical. It was I so can, good. I could do this all day. Yeah, I, <laughs> I want you to go for it. Yeah, I, um, I think that within these three episodes, like there is that trope of like you know um, wary mentor and like very eager mentee, right? Where it's a little bit less like it reminded me of Logan. Logan and yeah, yeah and Laura, yeah, where yeah. like Logan's like, God, this damn kid, man. But like he, you know, he grows to love her and stuff. So that's slowly coming. It's giving Clint a little bit of more um of an identity that we've got to see because he's kind of been a supporting character in the Avengers movies, other than you know, <laughs> hey, here's Clint's family in a barn. Um my prediction is that it's absolutely going to crush Kate when she finds out that Clint was Ronan. And I'm setting, setting that up. Uh, you know, Yelena coming back for a, a vengeance for, you know, her thinking about, you know, thinking that Ronan killed 
you know, Nat is going to be great. You know, hopefully seeing maybe Kingpin coming and what goes on with Echo. I think that kind of, like I said, what up to Lucas's point, the fourth episode is very crucial in the show because it can make or break the series. Like it can, if there's action and there's a big reveal, it'll propel it to the, the, the final two episodes. But like if it's slow, it could slow it down. But I, I like it so far. Uh, can I uh, be the editor-in-chief of the, pot, of the site and like kind of jump a question here? Uh, uh, it's my birthday, so. Still no. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Do we think Clint makes it to the end of this, the uh, season? Hmm. That's a good rapid fire question I should ask before. Uh, Al, what yeah. do you think? Yeah. Yes. Okay. But do you, so he makes it, but do you think he's just like, I give up. I'm not Hawkeye anymore. Yeah, I think he passed the mantle. I think the whole point of the show is to kind of pass the mantle, right? Okay. Old, old guard. Um, and, you know, that doesn't mean he's, that's the end of Clint in the MCU. He could take on like more like an advisory role to her. He can join shield again you know like there's so many things that can happen or he could be a scroll who fucking knows at this point <laughs> oh you know my thoughts on everyone being a fucking scroll <laughs> when you write yourself into a corner what do you do they were a scroll <laughs> the entire time <laughs> oh, he's a fucking oh scroll. no <laughs> he did he just erased now him. now you know how we uh we comic book people felt during secret invasion when it happened no worries. That show's coming on, coming on Disney Plus. So. Uh, yeah, next year. Just make Lucas. it better. Uh, Lucas, uh, do you think Clint makes it to the end of the season? I think he does. I just think the tone's too lighthearted to really kill him. Um, but yeah, no, I think he, he just kind of... They don't want to ruin Christmas? Yeah, I think that's a little harsh for a show set around Christmas. <laughs> and he keeps uh, promising his family he's going to be home. Yeah, I'm going to be home. I'm going to be home. No, I'll not only home. am I going to be home, I'm going to be dead. I'll um, be home in a body bag. <laughs> I mean, yeah. listen, if you listen to our last episode, we, we've... Or two episodes ago, we we all said it's a wonderful life sucks. I mean, I do listen to all the episodes. <laughs> I'm very well versed in the lore of the uh, the socially distanced podcast. You would um, make my you'd make my audio sense. Do time. you you have no idea how annoying it is to listen not just to your own voice, but to the the song that you wrote every single podcast. I have to listen to my own theme song. And let me tell you, I hate it. I almost want to re-record you guys a new theme song because I hate it. Do it. It's, it's, we're coming on <laughs> season three. Listen, what do you think I think about the breakouts where it's like, it's the breakouts! And I do like a like cock rock theme song of that. But, yeah! uh, Johnny, do you think Clint makes it to the end of the season? Yeah, like we've, we've had so much death. Nat died. Tony died. Yeah. Cat presumably died of old age. Uh, Chatterstar. Chad, yeah. Oh man. Um right? Chatterstar. Yeah. Was, was uh, and Chad Chapter Bozeman. Oh god, no, I was saying um no, that was real life. I was gonna oh, say oh, yeah. yeah. No, um, what was his name? Um um in Falcon and Winter Soldier, his buddy. Oh uh, man, he, he died. Oh anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, oh what the hell is his name? And original Loki died. Is something star something star? I thought it was Shatter Shatterstar. No, it's not Shatterstar. Battles? No. That's I think battles. yeah, it's bat. Oh man, uh, it's on the. Yeah, hold on, hold on, guys, we're doing research live. 
Like That's right. Future Lucas, cut this part down to make it seem like we're smarter. No. Yeah. Uh, aha. I remember. <laughs> I knew yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's yeah. It's Battlestar. It's Battlestar. Battlestar. There you go. All right, cool. Yeah. He dies a horrible death. Um, yep. Uh, murdered. To, to make Clint's, like, main mission. Listen, I got to get home for Christmas. I'm making a tons of promises to my kids. And to kill him at the end <laughs> would be no, like, we Rustin, guys, like, I, I would cry would a lot. It's <laughs> like, oh, well, yeah. And like, they go to like, you know, Linda Cardellini and, oh, you know, they walk, they walk, they, they would be like, hey, so uh, you remember, you know, movie night that your dad was talking? Uh, well, uh, he won't be making that anymore. <laughs> that would be terrible. I That'd think that it would be. I, 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 I think I think that Clint will be like, okay, man, especially with the stain of Ronan on him, will yeah. be like, listen, this is it. I've lost too much with that, my hearing. I just want to be with my family. And then it's, this will be done. his one final mission, and then that he'll be done. I can see him faking his death. And maybe Kate knows about it. And then he ends up being home at the end. So maybe Kate, maybe Kate thinks, and maybe because she needs to think, because Florence Pugh will show up, that Clint is dead. I, I you think he fakes his death like as making, Ronan? I don't want to see Cardellini cry for Christmas, guys. I don't want to see that. Listen, if he's if he's crossing off the list of, like, I need to get the stain of Ronan off me, he needs to get the stain of the Black Widow's death off him as well. And I think that he'll just... Confront Maya, confront Florence, yeah, or yeah. Uh, white white widow, um, and uh, yeah, I don't think I, he's got to make home for Christmas, guys. Yeah, yeah. like I know he be, does, but like, fuck, guys, we've seen the MCU break our hearts before, so that's why I want to ask that question. Uh, my rating. <laughs> Al, what's your rate? It's <laughs> about seven or eight pizzas. I'm right in the middle of there. I had a lot of expectations going in. Um, I love that they're homaging the the run that I keep referencing. It's not a direct adaptation, obviously, but well, that fraction again, it's accredited. Yes, enough in this in the series. Correct. Yeah, he's uh, he's a producer, I believe, on the series as well. So I. I'm a big fan that they're adapting it. I'm also a fan that they're basically trying to make like a um, Shane Black TV series, right? Like set at Christmas time, caper, actiony, uh, a buddy buddy dynamic that does not work. Uh, basically, kiss kiss bang bang the series, which they should make one day. Um, oh. That would be great. I, I would, oh, I would that watch that. Would be a good time. I would watch that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm feeling I'm really excited for where this could lead to. Um, just, you know, more Kate Bishop, uh, more Echo, um, and then potentially the introduction of Kingpin or, or Madame Mask, I believe is, uh, that that's again, right from that fraction run, um, is that's like her Kingpin. So it's even better that it's the mom. Like if that's, that's the, where they're going. Right. Like, I think it's like her arch nemesis. I think that'd be really cool because it's like the one person that she thought that she could be, that she could trust. So I think that'd be very interesting if they go that route. Um, and I want to see why. I want to see why. Like, is it because of, 
Is it the events of the Battle of New York that just took them on two separate paths? Like you killed my husband and I'm inspired by Hawkeye to save other people. But she didn't seem like that she was that close to the husband, especially at that moment in time. So what yeah, is her motivation? Yeah, they were like in a bad argument, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. what is the motive? What's the motivation there? I guess is what I'm trying to say. So that's what I'm. I'm just looking forward to seeing where these where these leads us, where these things leads us, and uh, seeing more of um, kind of the family dynamic unfold. But yeah, that's gonna wrap it up for the first three episodes. First, should three. we do a? Uh, we do not have time. It is eleven fifteen. <laughs> I'm gonna go into. I'm gonna go into. What do you got? Flight. Places to be. Yeah. yeah it's- Love fifteen. Your kids asleep, dude. All right, I, we can. I have to we, go turn on Disney Plus. I always watch Disney Plus Disney right Plus. before I go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I've been Disney Plus is constantly on my house because uh, they have thousands of hours of quality content for one low, low price. That's right. I just I just watched uh, Beatles Get Back, which is my pop culture recommendation. All right, no, we'll do plugs and pop culture recommendation. I will start. You can find me at Al Manorino on Twitter and Instagram. I recommend Get Back, the Beatles documentary on Disney Plus. Disney Plus is a great service for one low. Pr- no, okay, um, Luke, Luke, Lucas, where can people find you? Uh, don't, don't find me. Don't do it. Um, don't at me. Don't reference me. Um, if you really want to though, um, at the underscore Dan K show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'm a TikTok legend. Now I do TikToks in my spare time. I get paid to do TikToks. Uh, my worst nightmare has come true. Um, oh, but you know what? It could be worse. Um, I could not, I could be doing TikToks for free. So there is that, um, my pop culture recommendation. Oh God, I guess, you know what, something, something that's really important to me is that music's back. So um, there's a lot of new albums coming out in the next couple of weeks and months from all genres, all across the board, go pick up a genre that maybe you you haven't listened to and and go take a look at it. Um, Take a look at it from a different perspective. Maybe I know I'm excited for a couple of albums specifically Steve Vai off a double hand surgery is doing a new album in January. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, or it's going to be bad. I don't know, but we'll find out together. We'll see. That's I it. That's it. all I got. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't at me. But if you have to, you can find me at the Dan K Show and listen to Steve Vai's new album. There you go, um, B- Bill. Because I feel uh, like MJ, MJ might have more plugs than you at this point. Well, follow me. Yeah, I'm at Bodkin Rights. If you must follow me, I have the hiccups right now. Um, I just talk bullshit about wrestling. Which MJ I think tolerates, and uh, it's mostly uh, retweets of thepopbreak.com, which I have been the editor in chief and co-founder of for going on twelve years since my late twenties, now into my forties. I have been doing this site, and uh, check out at the pop break on Instagram and Twitter. Our Facebook got hacked, and some douchebag is like playing video games on it. So, and in Facebook, it's not helping me get it back. Thanks, Facebook. You fucking asshole. Sorry, it's my birthday. I'm just so annoyed that so, this 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 person in Vietnam who hacked our site. What you're saying is that Facebook is not a quality platform, unlike the quality that comes out of the Disney Plus platform. That's right. Exactly. For X amount of dollars a month. But most importantly, yeah, again, at the pop break. Instagram, Twitter, we're doing all sorts of great stuff. Go to thepopbreak.com every single day. We're talking about video games, about music, movies, television, anime, 
all sorts of stuff. Uh, so yeah, check that out. MJ, where can people find you? You can find me over Twitter and Instagram. I'm not really on Facebook anymore, but like Twitter and Instagram at Murjani Rawls, M-U-R-J-A-N-I-R-A-W-L-S. Uh, writing, potting, photography everywhere, I guess, <laughs> and including the poprake.com. Um, my, I actually have two quick recommendations. Um, one oh, is, come on, come on, go see it. Oh, I want to uh, see with, that. With Joaquin Phoenix and Woody Norman. It's amazing. I, I hate that it's in limited theaters. So you yeah. have to go find one. Uh, there's a couple around you. Please go see it. Also, um, go see King Richard because Will Smith is outstanding in it. Yeah. Uh, it's a really good movie, too. Uh, there's a whole bunch of Oscar movies coming out, like from Nightmare Alley to... You know, uh, not not nominated for an Oscar movie, but Matrix is coming out soon, and Spider Man. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot. A good time for movies. Good time for music. For TV, just go find something. Uh, I didn't recommend anything, so I saw Encanto, the new Disney awesome. uh, film, and it's awesome. Cool. I highly recommend it. Stephanie Beatriz from Brooklyn Nine Nine, the lead role. Uh, if you just know her from Brooklyn Nine Nine, uh, doesn't uh, you would not recognize her voice? Uh, but amazing film! It's also gonna be free on Disney Plus starting Christmas Eve. Yeah, I wanted her to be cast as America Chavez, uh, but she was not. Which is a she's that's a character in the MCU, well, in the in the comics, who's gonna be in Doctor Strange, I believe. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and the multitude of madness or whatever um but yeah that's gonna wrap it up it's gonna wrap it up for the 85th episode of the socially distance podcast and because i get beat bill to the punch happy to announce we have come up with our 100th episode and it's just as dumb as our 50th so our 50th episode we reviewed the failed uh pilot fox pilot of point pleasant which because we're from new jersey and we had to watch it. And it's the dumbest slash best thing you'll ever watch. Go find it on YouTube. It's Aaron so Paul's bad. It. Yeah, Aaron Paul, randomly. It's he's in it. It's it it was it was Fox trying to do a, like a modern Twin Peaks meets the OC. Watch it. It's great. It's also <laughs> it's only horrible. available on YouTube. It's also horrible. <laughs> Please watch it. Listen to our podcast where Bill and I basically go insane for an hour and a half. Hundredth episode. Not doing that. We're going to do something that's universally beloved, specifically for Bill and I. We are, don't know the format yet, don't know who's involved. We might have 12 people on the episode. Who knows? We have no idea yet. But we are talking about um, the best sports movie from the last decade plus, arguably. You know what what we're going to do? We're going to have a, we're going to take, it's, I'm going to tip my hat a little bit. It's a baseball movie. I was just gonna the say amount of, <laughs> the, amount of, the amount of guests we're gonna have on is the starting lineup of a baseball team. What or you guys team. should do is you should each try to recruit a team of commentators, but see who can pay them less. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and still, I don't still have to be competent anything. with words. Okay, honestly, you pay people, us in love, Bill. We could probably get. All the actual people portrayed in the movie. I'm pretty sure you can get Scott Hatterberg. 
He might be floating <laughs> around. He would probably show up on the podcast. Yeah, he, he That's not a would. joke. You should see if Scott Hatterberg would come on the podcast. So we're doing a money ball pod. Thank you for spoiling it, Lucas. Yeah. Um, I would love to have Scotty. Scott I thought we were H. doing a Scott Hatterberg podcast. That's I mean, yeah. So we're, t- we're going to be talking. Really coming out uh, of left field with that one. Big two-plus-hour pod about Moneyball is our 100th episode celebration uh, because this podcast should not exist still, and that's how we're celebrating. Um, Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I don't know why you're still listening. Have a great night. Mm -hmm.